Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof Podcast. I wanted to ask you this, so let me just kind of ask right now, how is the book doing? Like, how, how is Parent Differently doing, especially in light of talking about character and developing um, godly character, biblical character in, in our children? Oh, thanks so much for asking. It's actually selling very well. Um, I met with my publisher two weeks ago, and they're very pleased at how well it launched. And awesome. um, we need to keep, I'm, I'm glad we can keep talking about it because, you know, in fact, I said to my launch group tonight um, before this call that, you know, if you run into parents this this month who are like, oh, my kids are complaining about everything, hand them the book. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is a it's a relevant issue, right? If we if we worked on character more, we'd all have a more pleasant Christmas. So thank you for asking. I'm a so more pleasant Christmas. The, yeah. I appreciate that the two of you endorsed it. And um I just want, you know, you guys, I just want people to remember the Bible is it is the love letter, life letter. It's about our creator, and it's also about how he created us. And there's great wisdom in there for how to walk together and how to learn together and how to instill hope in people and how to build character. It's a, it's an instructional book. We should yeah. use it more. Go ahead. Will. No, I just had a question just about um, influence because um, one of the things that we realized like, um, like in public school or whatever, there can be peer to peer influence or in neighborhoods or in families or in families. And I was going to ask being, you know, Christmas holidays and stuff like that, families getting together, what about um, influence, peer-to-peer influence between families? If, like, maybe your uh, family member raised their children differently than mm. you, you know, and, you know, the influence that's there, how do you navigate that without, you know, getting into it with family members? <laughs> well, yeah, let, let us know when you figure it out, right? <laughs> um, uh, Will, way to ask a, a great question. It's so relevant. Thanks for asking that and trusting me with that. Um I think you might not like this answer. It, it depends on the age of the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is this. If I were dry, if I had fam- if I was going to go visit family and my kids were old enough to have a conversation about how their cousins are different, I'd probably have it mm. before we got there. Hey, remember the last time that we were with Peter and Jill and they were bossy <laughs> and they, you know, they didn't like, they're, they're not bad kids. And I don't want you thinking that they're bad. And I don't want you to behave toward them like they may behave toward you. We're going to love them. Mm-hmm. We respect that, you know, they don't know Jesus. We don't think they know Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. That means they don't have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And, it, and one of the things that, that I say all the time, if the family, let's say the family is not saved. So you're saved. You're going to spend time with relatives or friends who are not saved. We can't hold them accountable to a system they do not know. Mm-hmm. We can't hold them accountable to a God they do not know. And, and your children can learn that, that we have a standard for you. We're raising you. We are responsible to raise you. You're our children that God entrusted to us. So we're raising you with biblical standards and the love of God and the way and the will of God and the, the Holy Spirit's influence, et cetera. Now, my brother, who, you know, Uncle Jim, we're going to go visit. He doesn't know Jesus yet. So he's not raising your cousins. 
with the same kind of um, goals and and thoughts that we're raising you. So it mm-hmm. might be stressful. They're not bad kids. Mm-hmm. They're not bad kids. Teach them that well. So have a conversation and I think be available to your kids throughout that day if you're spending a day with them and let them come and say, he hit me again. And then just say, well, <laughs> he doesn't know Jesus. You know, you just keep saying, and maybe your kid's going to go, I have proof that he doesn't know Jesus. He hit me again. Um, I mean, it's a it's a way that you celebrate the power of Jesus in your children yeah. without ho- without hopefully making it a, you know, this big competition. Why don't you know Jesus yet? So, so if they're not old enough to have that conversation and they're young, like toddlers or like, how do yeah. you navigate that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think you, I think you keep them close to you. Mm. And, um, I think you make sure you take your toddler's favorite toy. And I think, you know, that he will eat on your lap and you won't get a full meal mm, <laughs> and that's good. because pr- protecting his, um, attitudes and his soul and his beliefs is more important in those moments. And if you feel like he could get confused or manipulated or bullied or bossed into something that later is going to pay a price, then you protect, right? Mm, that's so good. And, and you know what, you guys, you don't have to visit for 12 hours. So back <laughs> to this idea that we're rest, we rest and we choose quiet. You have a right to choose what's best and healthiest for your family. And I'm all about multi-generational family love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love. I'm, I'm not for um, hate and jealousy and fear and things that can actually be there. That's so good. I, I think, I feel like in the question too, there's a lot of, um, almost like we are desperate for sort of like, and, and understand what I mean when I say this, I'll, I'll speak for myself, right? Almost like the, the affirmation that yes, we should take, um, a noticeable stance, right. And say, no, we're not, we're not doing this. This is not a good influence because I think sometimes it can feel, and this may kind of piggyback with the question here that is coming from Hannah, but I think sometimes it can feel like we are being self-righteous, right. That we have made our kid almost the standard Mm -hmm. and saying, I don't want your kid adversely influencing my kid. And you know, that's not what the parent intends, but at the same time you say, those are not character qualities that I want my kid to replicate. You know, I don't want to see that repeated. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. No, that's really good. And let, let me say something too that that I should have said before. Um, let's pray. Let's pray on the way to the house. Mm. Let's pray as we're waiting for them to arrive at our home. Let's pray in the car on the way home and, and pray for with gratitude for the opportunity that you had to be together and pray for them if you saw you know disagreeable spirits or whatever and pray protection. Let your kids hear you pray over them that nothing that might have been difficult will remain. Mm. So prayer and, and and letting them hear you pray their name in the prayer, those kinds of things could be really powerful. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so good. Amen. Amen. Really powerful. Mm-hmm. So I think Hannah's question is um, kind of tacking on to Erica's question. And you may have covered this a little bit. So I just throw it up to see if maybe there's a different angle that you might approach in answering this question. It's dealing with a kid that is outwardly self-righteous or prideful um, when a sibling is struggling. Her question is, how mm-hmm. should we address rude comments or criticism coming from those kids? Yeah, Hannah, praise God that you're alert and that you want to address it. You can't ignore it. Um, you know, an easy an easy step could be to separate them. And, you know, when the struggling student is working on math, no other siblings are in the room because they're like, what's taking her so long? Um, and that that could work for a season. But the the better answer would be that you teach this, you, you teach the prideful kid how we love. And we love with um, um without compromise, we love that endures we love with compassion we love with wisdom and hope and so could you help your sister in any way you know and the best thing that you could do right now might be to leave the room Mm. because she she is you know that she's bright in these ways you affirm and uh, she maybe she's older or younger it does but no you know you're and and i would say if the child's old enough you guys you speak truth and love and you say your attitude towards your sister is wrong Sometimes we have to be that blunt and that bold and that yeah. accurate to say, mm-hmm. yeah. you are demonstrating your behavior or your choice. You are choosing to demonstrate a prideful position towards your sister. That means that you appear that you are better than her. Why am I thinking that? Because I've heard you mutter under your breath. I've seen you give a look. You haven't been kind. You were kind of teasing her as she began. None of that was helpful. None of that was God glorifying and none of that was you. So what's up with that? Sometimes you guys, as hard as it is to be that specifically blunt, we've mm-hmm. got to do that if they're old enough. And if they're younger, we use the right language and we use the right story to help them to understand it. We watch for growth. If I were to call that out, let's say that I was the mom and I would call out of this kid that you are acting in a prideful manner towards your sister. You're making a choice that is not loving. Um, I'd love you to think for a few minutes about why you're doing that. Why are you choosing to make it harder for her? to handle that this is a challenging assignment. Think about that. Why are you choosing? That's your power word. Why are you choosing to make it harder for your sister? What's Mm. your motivation? I think sometimes we ask that and we walk away and then five minutes later we come back and you say, any thoughts yet? Yeah. We We give them something to think about because I don't want the kids to think they're bad kids. There are beliefs that are causing their behaviors. And if we can help them figure that out, then we can help the kids love each other well. Man, that's so good. I I think it really does fall into the category of discipleship, that what you're doing is trying to raise Mm. followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in order to do that, sometimes you've got to ask tough questions and point out tough character issues. I can say that Mm. this is not godly. It's not consistent. Certainly if the kid professes to be a Christian, it's not consistent with the profession of faith, right? Mm. That we want to have the kind of character that matches what we say about who we are, that we have come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that can be tough to do. We want them to just stop doing the thing. But I think what (laughs) I hear here coming from you, Dr. Kathy, is find out the root of the thing. Why are they doing this? What is going on inside so that then we can point them, I guess, toward a solution that hopefully ends up with that they stop doing the thing. Yeah. (laughs) And we remind them of times that they've struggled. We tell our own story of how much we've grown in certain ways so that they begin to understand that everybody grows toward excellence. We don't wake up and have it one day, right? Mm, Mm. That's good. 
We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics, and we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst. This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm -hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstained by this world, to keep ourselves unstained by this world. And one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world, yeah. alert you to what's happening in the culture, and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world. We have some great speakers coming out, Dr. Kathy Cook. We're going to have uh, Dr. Taryn Dames. We have, we have some great things happening, like some breakout sessions. We have culture-proof kids, culture-proof teens. It's something for the whole whole family and so you want to register we're going to give out more information is coming but you want to register the registration will start in february so just be on the lookout for that culture proof conference 2024 in bartlett tennessee at faith baptist church we are super excited more information as we get closer make sure you stay connected all right. This question is from Ms. Carla. She says, my friend um, got a cancer diagnosis and starts chemo Monday. Her 16 year old daughter is depressed, mm -hmm. not sleeping, not handling school, etc. What can her parents do to help her? What about mm -hmm. me as a grandma ish friend? Um, um, what are your thoughts on that? Dr. Kathy? Well, Ms. Carla, I love that you're a grandma-ish friend. I love that. <laughs> and I, you've demonstrated that tonight by asking. So thank you for trusting us. So I'm sad for your friend. Um, depression and not sleeping, not handling school well is understandable. So we don't shame her. We don't want her to think that she's weak or that she doesn't have faith. Those are honest responses to a challenging diagnosis. One possibility is to, this depends on a lot, but one possibility is to make sure she's involved in conversations. She's thinking horrible thoughts. She's thinking, she's possibly Googled death by cancer. Mm. Remember, these kids, these kids can ask Siri. Come on. And they can, they can Google. And so... Um, we need to make sure she's hearing truth about her mom, specifically this type of cancer and what what are the expected um, side effects of chemo? And, you know, did they if it was a tumor, did they really you know remove it all? Now, if if the 16 year old can handle that, um, information is powerful. Information can lead to wisdom. It, it allows for more questions that are specific. It can quiet the doubt because it's true and true truth wins. Right. So you don't want her to be cycling these horrible thoughts that may or may not be true. Now, not everybody lives with cancer. Now, if they're Christians, they will one day be healed and live with cancer, maybe with Jesus. So we also talk about trusting God. And we also maybe talk about why God allows suffering. And we ask her if she could be an example to others of how to handle difficult times when she's ready for that. If this were to, if this were to continue for a season, then there's nothing wrong with counseling. I would affirm counselors, the right counselors, a, a Christian worldview counselor, possibly at the church, maybe even one-on-one -on -one time with a youth pastor that the 16-year-old feels safe with, would be wise. Giving her another outlet to talk with would not be a bad idea. Um, give her space and time. Maybe this is, the timing is difficult with Christmas, but the timing is maybe helpful because of the school break that she'll have, and maybe she'll be able to balance out some of the emotions. Um, yeah. What do you think, Miki? Do you have Anything, I bet you could add a ton to that. Do you have experience with that from yeah. friends? Of your own? Well, not experience, but just the thought of there's so much. And I think you really touched on it almost immediately with what is it that the 16-year-old knows and has already determined to be true?
You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what is it that she's actually navigating? Um, but I think that she needs the space to not be doing well in school. I think that is okay. Yeah. And I yeah. think sometimes we also have to be okay with just sitting with people and not expecting that, yes. boom, they're going to pop up and and now you're not depressed anymore, right? Like the, the emotional responses I think people have are directly connected to what they're processing and what they're feeling. And something I've really asked the Lord to help me do with my own children is to sit with them and to listen and to respond and not react. I learned <laughs> that from you, Dr. Kathy, not react, but oh. to respond to their concerns and, um, and not to see what they're walking through. And I don't think Ms. Carla would have this as an issue. I'm thinking more um, as a parent myself, not to see where they are or what they're battling as a reflection of me as a parent. You know what I mean? That I have not failed oh, them good. because they're feeling that um, they're human and therefore they're feeling that. And so I want to yeah. show up for them, um, hopefully in a way that's not critical or judgmental, but, you know, the Lord, that the Lord would lead, I, I would say. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah. Really? No, okay. I think that's really good. I would add to that. Oh, go ahead. No, you go right ahead, Dr. Kathy. Well, I was going to say just quickly that um, if this family knows cancer survivors, then you invite them over for dinner. Um, if you have, uh, if you know someone who's been through chemo and handled it and wants to talk about the effect of losing the hair, you know, then maybe you have these people over for lunch, you know? Okay. So here is Gabrielle has a question and this is our daughter, Dr. Kathy. Okay. Gabrielle. I, was say, I, I know this girl. <laughs> you know, this girl, Dr. Kathy. Um, well, I mean, I don't really, but I knew that was your daughter. Yes. What? So here is our, I almost, let me tell you, let me tell you my wrestling with this question, right? So I throw this question oh up on God. the, on the screen <laughs> and then I have to say, well, Gabby doesn't get spankings, right? Like, so, but then if I don't put the question on the screen, then everybody who's watching the questions go up like, why don't they put up the question from the child with the same last name that's asking about the spankings? <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm curious about the question, um, but I'd like to hear your response on this. So Gabby, obviously is 15. She doesn't have any kids yet. Um, she says, but I know that there are some places in the Bible that talk about physical discipline. What are your thoughts on that? And then she says, like for toddlers who can't understand, like if you're talking through um, the behavior, but they don't, they don't really process that. What are your thoughts on, on spankings? Not a fan. Um, really? Um, willful disobedience, young children. Yes, I think so. It, we have to be so careful. Not everybody, not every adult should spank a child and not every child benefits from spanking. Now, mm. Again, I'm, for those of you who don't know me, I'm not a parent. I'm an educated um, child advocate, child development specialist. I don't know what people call me, but I have never experienced it personally. Um, I think willful disobedience, a child who says no and, went, and does it right in front of you, willful disobedience possibly would benefit from a quick um, physical reaction, <clears throat> always talked through, always done with love and not anger, always done in private without the siblings so that they can't tease and shame. So there's a lot of pieces to this. Um, but I have friends who saw it as abuse because their parents went overboard. Um, you know, some theories are use a wooden spoon so that it's not your hand. Others say, no, it's too painful. And the parent doesn't know it's painful because the parent doesn't feel the effect of the spanking. So I will go on record without being an expert here that there's a lot of things to consider, but I will, I say, if we're going to do it, they need to be young and it needs to be willful disobedience. And there needs to be correction embedded in a conversation. Um, the, the punishment alone 
uh, may not be enough. I'm a huge advocate for the consequences that come out of the, the difficulty. So if they've been teasing and bullying a sibling, the consequence is separation. I think the consequence hurts the person more than the physical um, spanking might, and it can have a longer lasting effect. I don't know where the two of you stand on that. So I'm at yeah. risk. I'm at risk here. But oh, no, you're not. You're absolutely not at risk. Like, I have no I have, problem sharing where we I'm, are. Oh, go ahead, Dr. Yeah. Kathy. I, I, I just, I haven't thought about that in a long time. So, um, but fair question. So I would love to know what the two of you believe. Yeah. So we believe that there are three reasons. Well, for us, let me say in our family, there are three reasons why we would spank a child. So it'd be willful, willful disobedience. <laughs> And it would be disrespect, like talking back and then lying. So we ask you a question and we give you an opportunity to tell the truth. And then, of course, there are age limitations to that. Like our yeah. our teenage children, obviously, are not getting spankings, except maybe Gabby after this live, um, because she's put us on the spot to answer this question. But um, <laughs> our younger kids, we believe that we can trust the word of God. And so that if the yeah. word of God tells us that there is a place for spanking, right? That then there is a place for spanking that we can trust the Lord with that. One of the things, and this is a fresh conversation because we recently had this conversation with another family member who really wasn't sure about spanking, didn't didn't see how if you were correcting behavior with a spanking, that it would translate well to some kids, right? Kind of like what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah. Um, my thinking on that <clears throat> is that there are some some times or some kids who man will not respect hey don't do that hey stop doing that and one of the things that i have a really big issue with and i'd like to hear from you on this because i haven't asked you about this so this will this will be a good opportunity for me to hear from you i don't like the gentle parenting approach that i see normalized in our culture today and let me explain it let me define it and then you can tell me maybe i don't have the proper definition so this idea that the kids and the parents are equal and that everything we discuss as if we just negotiate the best outcome for how we live i believe that god has installed parents as the authority in the home now i'm not talking about an authoritarian where it's like you know my way or the highway but that this is meant to mirror or to be the first introduction to the relationship that we have with him, right? That that we oh, yeah. are not on the same level. There is a difference, right? And so one of the things that I see that's normalized in our culture today and even the effects of it, I feel like have been um, disastrous to see yeah. kids believe that they can just, like the parents, they're all growing up together. There's no respect for their authority. So I don't know, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, no, totally agree. It's very dangerous. It's very foolish. Um, it's okay to consult with kids who have earned the right, and they may have beliefs that you're not aware of, but you're still the authority, and they need to understand that, that you're listening to them, but it doesn't mean that they get their way. And when they're younger and and more of the fool or the, the simpleton or the mocker, no, you don't involve them in that. There's a place for that. Um, parents have authority, absolutely. Now, but this is why we do what we do, right? Because parenting isn't easy. And pe- people who were not parented well themselves, who were parented badly, need people like us, I hope, to, to help them interpret. So I love what you were saying. Direct lie, that's a great example. Um, I love that it's in, that we have to have instruction, I think, along with it. And I, w- I would say, too, so God's boundaries are blessings because love is his goal, right? So the boundaries that we have in our lives are, are for our benefit. Uh, his no is his love. Hmm. And his yes is his love. You know, it's 
So do we parent out of love? Are we doing, so I tell parents all the say to their kids, we love you so much. We cannot allow this to continue. Mm-hmm. We love you so much. We're taking away that game. We love you so much that you will follow us into our bedroom for a quick conversation. Love has to be the goal, not anger and fear. And, you know, I was shamed. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, no, got to make sure that your motives are pure. And then I'm that I'm all in with what you're talking about. Yeah, it scares me that that children do not have strong biblical discipline. I just will be honest with you, Dr. Kathy. And the reason it scares me is because the respect and the honor for parents is, I would say, directly connected to the character of God, like what God shows us about who he is as the one who is in authority, that he's installed us as parents, not only that our our children would obey us, but that they would honor us. And I don't see how, just because the culture changes, that changes. Now, I, man, you know, I don't think that parents are supposed to abuse that authority. The Lord doesn't do that with us, right? Like the Lord is perfectly just, perfectly righteous, perfectly merciful, perfectly loving. He is all of his attributes at one time, right? Not one suffering for the other to come to the surface, if you will. Now, of course, we are sinful, so we need the Lord to be able to reflect him well Um, to our children. But I think we don't reflect him well when we step back from the discipline that he requires of us, right? Because we are presenting to them... um, an, a picture of who the Lord God is. So I don't know. I'm really concerned at the the soft parenting. This is a difficult conversation uh, to have, you know, because who who wants to be the parent who says in a room full of moms who say, oh, we don't spank. And who wants to be the parent who says, well, I, I do. Because then you sound like the yeah. abuser. <laughs> well, exactly. And that's why you don't say it unless you can back it up and unless you trust the people in the room. Yeah. Because otherwise rumors spread. And I do think there's wisdom in being really careful with who you trust with ideas like that. So, no, I'm all about the Bible and uh, gentle parenting, soft parenting is um, is dangerous and it's going to show up later. So if we were to survey and ask people who are productive and healthy and in good relationships and um, easily obedient with biblical character, how many of you were disciplined well as children? You know, we, we'd, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? To yeah. see the, out, the outcome down the road is what we're looking for. Um, and like your teenage kids, you've got a bunch of kids. So how are the older ones behaving? If they were spanked when they were younger, when they were willfully disobedient, and now they rarely have incidents, then hello, it works. Yeah. When it's done, when it's done with the right motive and there's conversation to, to have along with it. Yeah, no, that's really good. I would say, this is just my opinion. You tell mm-hmm. me what you think, what you have observed. But I feel like the biggest difference maker in our kids is seeing Christ formation in them. Like now we're not, we're not like having to, you know, okay, here is your consequence. Yes, of, of course, there are things that we have to say, okay, well, you're not going to be able to do that because you didn't do this. But I think when it comes down to those character issues, man, being able to take them to scripture and say, hey, listen, this is what the Bible says about how we interact with one another. And you didn't do this. Yeah. Like you really need to go to this person and you need to repent. Mm-hmm. Like you need, so it's different mm-hmm. when you're talking about followers of the Lord Jesus right. Christ. I really think of spanking. I think of in like the younger kids when you're really trying to help shape them and grow them. I will say this, I was spanked as a kid and with with respect for therapists, I didn't need therapy because I will tell you that every time I was spanked, and it wasn't often. People don't think that I, I was not. Okay. All right. But when I was spanked, let me just say that I never had a question about, wait, why did that happen? 
Like I, I always knew that I was being mouthy. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think like, oh man, you know, I, I should be able to get away with this. And so I think what we can trust is that the Lord has put the knowledge of what is right and what is wrong in the hearts of our children. And when they are resisting us and when they are rebellious, when we do what he says to do, right, you can trust that they already know that they deserve that. And we can trust, I think for any godly parent mm -hmm. that you know when you cross the line. Yeah. So even if you don't spank, you mm -hmm. should know when you cross the line verbally. Like if you are correcting a kid yes. and then it goes into berating that kid and just like tearing them yes. down or yelling at that kid, that is so fleshly and it's not God glorifying. I think I think parents know that. What do, what are your thoughts, Dr. Kathy? Yeah, oh, no, that's so well stated. The other thing I want to communicate is that um, I agree. We can open the Bible and we can show them Proverbs and we can show them examples of um, how they are supposed to behave. If we do that, there's wisdom in that. The Bible is the instruction manual. Mm -hmm. Let's also make sure we use the Bible for all the other reasons. Amen. To point them to Jesus, to teach them about the Spirit, to introduce them to Esther and Daniel and, and Paul and the suffering that he endured. And yes. you know, the, love, the love letter of John. And so don't just use the Bible as the discipline tool. Look what the scripture says about how bad you've been. No. Oh, man, that's so good. I'm glad you're saying that. Otherwise, otherwise I'm afraid that they would resent, oh, there's the Bible again. It's always the book that tells me I'm bad. Then they're not going to fall in love with it. And if you don't fall in love with the word and the author of it all, it can be really messy for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's such, man, that is so well said. That is so well said. And that's so important. Yeah. No, I, I was going to ask, and this is kind of changing the subject too, um, in as homeschoolers, you know, um, teachers, you know, you're teaching your children and you're going to have that child that's nothing like you. Maybe you're a linear learner. You're, you're kind of straight laced, but you have a child that's just like, man, it's just not, it's not like you. How do you, uh, effectively teach that child without being impatient and maybe picking on that child because they're not like, like you. He's talking about a neighbor. This is not a personal situation, <laughs> Dr. Kathy, for our neighbors. I love that. I love the two of you so much. Um, yeah. The, you know, I, I love teaching about that. You know, their children are created in God's image, not ours. So they're going to be different mm. and praise God. They are the, the differences, you know, make the family unit unique and very different. So we pray up a storm. We just pray, father God, increase my patience. Yeah. We acknowledge in our beliefs that, you know, this child is not bad. He is different. He is um, bright and creative and curious, and therefore he interrupts me a lot with his questions, you know, to try <laughs> to see the good that's going on there. And then I think we instill self-respect, self-control, and respect for others. In the new book about character, those are the fourth, fifth, and sixth most important character qualities in the book. Um, self-respect, um, so that the child wants to be well and do well, so that they can be well and do well and respect for others so that they don't want to irritate you. Um, and then I think, you know, the key to that, of course, is um, methodology that matters, that works for them, right? So different ways of teaching, letting them, you know, sky write so that they write really big and get some muscle movement versus the pencil hmm. on a piece of paper. There's, there's different ways that we can allow them to practice, rehearse, and even be assessed that will match up with the way that they've been designed to do well. And that's going to encourage them a lot. And it's going to be fun for us. Emotional well-being, mental health is a big deal for our kids today, especially our girls. I know that you encounter kids all across this country when you're speaking. You are speaking to youth. You're speaking to um, college-age kids. And you see this up front. What would be mm -hmm. maybe one or two takeaways for parents that we need to be aware of? 
I don't know, maybe safeguards? How do we help our kids in this area? Great question. Glad you asked it. Um, it might sound simple. Uh, the first thing I want to say is be available and observant consistently um, because patterns are set when they're young. Um, middle school girls didn't wake up one day and become sad. There was something <laughs> going on there and they either hit it or it felt natural or we just assumed they'd grow out of it. And and there may be some cases where that occurs, but be very observant and be be careful to notice that patterns change, that choices, like if they always used to be invited over to a friend's house and now they're not, or if they <clears> always <throat> wanted friends over and now they don't, if they always used to hang out with grandma and, and visit after dinner, but now they go right to their room, something's going on. So really observe for the pattern that might've shifted and begin to have the conversation. Um, ask a, um, a school teacher, a, a co-op leader, other, other adults who know the children, um, what have you noticed? Is there a peer member that is bullying my daughter? Um, I would also say that you must be available to examine who they are following if they are on social media. Um, who are they listening to? What lyrics are they singing? What shows are they watching? Because you guys, you know that there's just a lot of negative influences out there. Yeah. yeah. And I would I would also say um, alert the youth pastor, the children's pastor, the executive pastor. Just talk to the, the church should be doing a much better job of this. Um, we have got to stop entertaining our children. We have got to teach them God's ways, God's will, and God's truth, and let them know that there are ways to overcome, that lament is a season. It doesn't last forever. There's also the reality that there can be intervention. There's therapy, there's medicine, there's diet, nutrition. There's there, Most of these kids are sleep deprived. Um, they're falling into the device, the very thing that depressed them in the first place. I could go on and on. Um, but, but really the beginning of it all is to be very observant and um, very aware of who you're allowing your children to be influenced by. And you have the authority to say no. Mm. You have the authority to say, we have noticed um, an attitude shift. Um, you're more prideful. You're quickly irritable. Um, it appears that you have to win every game. So your sister doesn't want to play with you anymore. Something has happened. And as we've observed you and, and taken note of your behavior, um, we're really concerned with these two games that you have been playing way too long. We've seen the minutes. So we've removed them from all the devices. No, 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 you can't. No, we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're the parent. And we love you so much that we won't allow you to play those games anymore. They've hurt your soul. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Dr. Let's, Kathy. Let's, let's be open. Yeah. I love being here. I Man, we appreciate having yeah. you here. I, I want to, okay. So we had one last question thrown up. And I think you can answer this one. In your sleep, I feel like. <laughs> can I please throw this last question up for you before you go? Yes. You got to go. Yes, we yes, can make may. it short. But this is what Joshua writes. And you have helped navigate this because you talk a lot about grandparenting. We want our parents to have a good relationship with our children, but are trying to navigate one of them being disrespectful to us in front of them because they don't agree with how we raise them. Welcome to a difficult world. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Joshua, thanks for Thank you for trusting us with that. And I want to say that you are not alone. Um, Yeah, you have every right to say to your mom or dad, um, we expect you to respect us in our home. And you know the standards through which we're raising our children. And you can disagree, but we need you to be silent about it. And uh, if you cannot do that, we will decrease the amount of time that our children spend with you because... Mm are ultimately responsible and um, we don't want to hurt you, but we've asked you before. So I would say to Joshua and the others, have you asked legitimately for them to change? Have you 
told them the why? Have you empowered them to do so? Um, you can also set standards like they're allowed to your home, but your children don't go visit them in their home. Um, so there's there are standards and boundaries that you can put into place. Um, and if you don't know about Legacy Coalition, um, do the two of you know about Legacy Coalition? I forget mm, no. if we talked about it. I don't think I do. Um, go to LegacyCoalition.com. I think it's the grandparenting, the best grandparenting organization around Legacy. Mm. I believe it's Legacy Coalition. Um, dot com and they have they I just spoke at their grandparenting conference. the The purpose of Legacy Coalition is to help grandparents with the spiritual um, growth of the grandchildren. Oh, so this wow. is actually an organization for the grandparents who this Joshua is struggling with. Um, but I still wanted to let him know that there's an organization that you wow. can start hanging out with that would give you good advice. Every Monday they do a free Zoom call. There are 14,000 grandparents around the nation that that join that call. And uh, it's remarkable. It's one hour. It's free. And it's for the grandparent. But you could listen to get insight on wow. in how to communicate to your parents so that they communicate better to your grandchildren. So Legacy Coalition, great organization, super Christian people, really, really fun organization. That is so good. Dr. Kathy, yeah. I want to also direct Joshua to catch your podcast, Facing the Dark. Um, I know you cover this and other topics. You and, and Wayne do a fantastic job just unpacking what's going on with our kids. I love it. It's one of my Thank podcasts. You. And so I want to um, recommend that to Joshua. It's called Facing the Dark. You can just do a search and get it wherever you get your podcast. Um, also, there was a question, where can we get a copy of the recent book? Um, I said CelebrateKids.com. Am I right about that? You sure are. Every, okay. All seven of my books are there. And, you know, they're at other places too. Um, but if you support us with a purchase, we would be blessed by that. What a joy to be with you. Thank I you, love Dr. Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for trusting me. You're a joy. Well, you are a gem to the body of Christ. We appreciate you. God bless you, Dr. Kathy. You too. God bless everybody. All right. So there is Dr. Kathy. We are so grateful for her. Yes. Like, oh my goodness, just such a, I, I would say just a wellspring of knowledge mm -hmm. and um, grace to communicate that, right? Like one of the yeah. things I love about Dr. Kathy is that you don't feel like an idiot for asking the question. <laughs> you know, you, you feel like, okay, this was an okay space mm -hmm. to be able to ask that question. So yes. anyway, we're out of time. It's been an hour. Um, maybe we'll do this again. I feel like the Q and a worked really well. Yeah, um, I really sure. enjoyed it. Um, do you want to pray and yeah, close sure. out our time? Lord, we thank you for this time. Uh, we thank you for Dr. Kathy and her wisdom, God, that you have blessed her with. Uh, just pray, Father God, for the families that are on this live, the, the individuals, Father God. And I pray, God, that we would all have gleaned something from what was said tonight, God, that you help us to be better at parenting, that we will uh, be better at discipling our kids as being husbands and wives. And Lord, God, just for your glory, God, that you would help us, God, to be all that you call for us to be. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God, for all that you're doing, seen and unseen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, family. Good night. Remember, when you resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, JD, okay, I'll just say it. <laughs> you remain culture proof <laughs> until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Amen.